anyone enjoying this? The answer is no. My name is Carlos Danger. I am Liam. I'm John. So today we are talking about, uh, what is it, Liam? Excited Delirium? Yes, so uh, Robert Evans has, unfortunately, well, fortunately, some more people are talking about this. He, he has beat me to the punch. Um, I haven't listened to his uh, podcast episode yet, which I'm excited to, now I can't. I don't want to, like, I want to see where my research took me versus his. So anyway, Excited Delirium. What do you think Excited Delirium? What does that sound like to you? I'm kind of curious. It kind of sounds like uh, mass mass hysteria. That's what I'm thinking of. What about you, John? Excited Delirium. Well, I just Googled it, so I kind of no, cheated. No, you can't do that. Oh, no, yeah, no, you can't do that. But it, 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 it sounds like just, uh, I don't know, generalized anxiety. Okay. Uh, so anyway, let me talk about uh, Frederick Williams. He was a uh, deacon, father of four. As far as I can tell from my quick search, not anyone with any unusual vices or really any vices I could find. Uh, epileptic. The police were called on him while he was likely suffering from some sort of episode. And um, uh, during that time, of course, they uh, tased him and beat the shit out of him. Uh, he died suddenly. The cause of death was listed as excited delirium. And, and this, again, this was a man, uh, God, yeah, no, you really, I really don't want anyone to watch the video because I did, but he ended up dying in police custody shortly after arriving at, at jail while screaming, I can't breathe. Frederick Williams is a case of, another case of excited delirium. Hundreds of these cases happen every year. Uh, excited delirium is the official cause of death. And it's interesting because, you know, again, that's the official cause of death. It's not a medically recognized condition, yet somehow it was the official cause of death. Um, his family attempted to sue the taser company, um, and then unfortunately it was just thrown out. So anyway, let me talk to you about how excited delirium came to be, because I started researching it. And at first, yeah, I expected it to be kind of bad or just kind of like hacky. Like I expected there would be a lot of like pseudo scientific stuff. And, you know, it is way more, way more racist than I possibly could have thought. Interesting. Uh, a medical diagnosis yeah. that's racist? <laughs> I think that's never happened before. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to go back to the 1970s. A certain doctor, uh, medical examiner, be specific, because this is unique to medical examiners. No other medical organization recognizes this condition besides medical examiners who work for the police department. The man of Charles Whitetell. Uh, a whole number of, uh, I think, I believe they were either all or almost entirely black women. Um, at first, they were mostly all prostitutes as well, were found dead with their clothes ripped off, um, you know, just outside during, in Miami around this time period. Um, are there 19 different women in total? And so this, this uh, my, the Miami Day uh, Examiner at the time, that we for our friend Charles, declared that all of them have died of sexual excitement and cocaine use in combination. Yeah, because they ripped their clothes off, uh, you know, as one does. 
after you know, so he 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 wrote this whole article about how uh, cocaine, due to genetic factors, being black, you know, just just, just make that clear, uh, is causes this syndrome. Uh, he I don't think he didn't really call it the he didn't call it excited delirium at the time. He called it like. Um, they usually refer to it as sudden death cocaine use, um, which made me curious. I wasn't able to research that as much, but I feel like a lot of the, the, the scare tactics around sudden death cocaine use may be tied into this. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, Liam. Did you did you say that there was uh, there was something that has to do with the drug war that's racist? I, it, it is shocking, truly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so about 19 different black women. Uh, a quote from one of them, it, you know, is great. Uh, and sad and correct because she said a a bad dude is taking out the girls. Of course, we're just a bunch of black whores. You do it to a white woman, you see the FBI, the CIA, and the Marines down here or something like this. Um, yeah, and yeah, so they yeah they get they, this guy kept declaring that like oh all these people were dying of uh, cocaine and becoming hypersexual. And I really wanted, I tried to find the actual original article. It is. It was published in some sort of like relatively potent medical journal. Um, unfortunately, it's really expensive to access, so I couldn't access it directly. Uh, but one of the quotes that I saw was quoted from another person referencing it was that he kept referring to as like the female and the male of the species. What? Yeah. I, I can't verify if, it, that, if Charles Weissel actually said that. But, uh, if, or someone was kind of like paraphrasing him slightly. But yeah, basically his, his argument was that because of genetics that black folks have, that somehow cocaine makes men hyper-aggressive and women hypersexual and then causes sudden death. Um, yeah, so... After a fort, uh, uh, the term he used was neural exhaustion. There it is. Uh, that's, that's what he called it at first. Wait, what they call it? Neural exhaustion. Eventually, though, his, his boss, the other medical, the more senior medical examiner in Miami, did uh, kind of raise an eyebrow when he gave the same declaration of death for a fourteen-year-old who was killed the same way who had no cocaine in her system. And again, I can't verify, but I don't think all the prostitutes even had cocaine in their system. Um, Another, and so other doctors were like, yeah, there's, there's, this is obviously, these are obviously strangulation deaths. Like there's, there's obvious, they're like, I, I forget that, uh, again, I'm not a medical examiner, but I talked about like the TPI on the neck, which is like a form of bruising. And it, which is a pretty obvious sign of strangulation, of the, uh, of the manual strangulation. And so yeah, that medical examiner was like, yeah, I don't think this 14 year old died of being a black prostitute on cocaine. I mean, um, and, uh, yeah, eventually, yeah, so it turned out to be a serial killer for all those cases. Oh, my God. Oh, nice. Yes. Okay. So there, yeah, was, a, yeah, there yeah. was a real explanation yeah. for it. Yep. Yeah, so they're, they're blaming prostitutes for getting murdered by a serial killer. Um, lovely. Um, Whitetail, though, was not deterred by this. He continued a, a long career. He died relatively recently promoting uh, excited delirium and writing articles about it. Who never really caught on in uh, like mainstream medical circles, except for the police. Uh, yep. 
So let's talk about so excited delirium as whenever it is cited as a cause of death, at least from the statistics I could find, about seventy percent of the victims are black men specifically. For some strange coincidence. Um, every single case of an excited delirium death involves police restraints or a taser or pepper spray or usually a combination of all three. Every single one that I could find. Uh, and then actual medical articles and actual medical journals almost all noted the same thing, that every single case of excited delirium involves police use of force in some way. So 100% uh -huh. of all of the deaths caused by excited delirium happened, luckily, in the possession of police. Oh, yeah. Thank God that there were first responders there to take care of them. Thank God our brave boys blew. Uh, Statistically, that just makes so much sense. Wait, sorry. Uh, Liam, are you not backing the blue? I am not. Let me tell you also about my background, because I was briefly in law enforcement, which is where I heard the term uh, years ago um, before all this. Uh I'd say the department that I work for was compared to our average American department. Way better than average, but, you know, it's not great. I still, like, quit for uh, reasons. <laughs> only after, after only working, being off probation for, like, a month. Um, just because I didn't like the culture. I couldn't put my finger at the time. That being said, they did mention, like, quote-unquote, excited delirium death. And, like, the person who actually mentioned it did say that basically, like, it's something that happens if you restrain someone too tightly and if they're drunk or anything like that. So they basically were actually more, they what they were calling it was more correct and that it's something that the police caused, the, the, the person, the particular trainer who mentioned that. Um, but it's usually still used as a, a hand wave to be like, oh, we didn't kill them, a medical condition that they happen to have while we were doing all this stuff to them, killed them. Um, somehow that flies in court. Uh, you know, they should try that with more things because that's actually a really good point. Because it's like, it's not the gunshot wound that killed you. It's the loss yeah. of blood. And it's like, they yeah, didn't cause the loss of blood. That was gravity in your own heart. So technically they killed themselves knowing they were injured. Well, it's like how George, it's like how George Floyd didn't die of being suffocated to death. He died of cardiac arrest and being suffocated had nothing to do with his heart, you know, ceasing to work. The Nazis actually did the same thing in Charlottesville when uh, Heather Hare died because the cause oh, of death yeah, was she listed died of a heart as attack. cardiac yeah, arrest. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know, and you know, cardiac arrest due to massive hemorrhage and shock. Yeah, like oh, it's just such a weird coincidence that her heart stopped working when she got hit by a car. It must have been a heart attack. Yeah, and so uh, let me talk about a few different uh, kind of the, the more of the history about uh, this. There is one, actually, it was a random lawyer's page that uh, ha had a lot of pretty good information that I kind of, a lot of my stuff from, and uh, it is interesting to notice that, like, looking through articles at the time, I found one article from 1989 in the LA Times that was talking about, like, these bizarre deaths baffle police, and even at the time, a lot, even a lot of, like, law enforcement and medical professionals, especially medical professionals, were like, I don't think this neural exhaustion thing is it, homie. And, uh, yeah, it, it was never a, even a widely adopted thing at the time, despite it being used uh, 
over and over and over. Yeah, well, I'm not shocked that it was noticeable to the media in LA, given the history of the LAPD. Well, no, no, so that's, that's it. It, was, it caught on in Miami, though. That was really where it came from. Hmm. Um, it's, yeah, the, the actual article that uh, Whitetail published is, in 1985, cocaine-induced psychosis and sudden death in recreational cocaine users. Um, it basically is a way that they could call these these overdoses and anybody who died with any cocaine in their system, regardless of what happened to them. I guess you better stop doing cocaine, John. <laughs> I mean, if that was a real thing, if I mean, if this was a real thing, then business colleges everywhere would be in trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. White, oh, yeah. White Boy Summer would be canceled. <laughs> White Boy Summer definitely canceled. <laughs> Hundred percent canceled. That's true. If cocaine actually caused weird random overdoses, um, all your friends from business school would be dead. All your frat boys. All of them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's talk about another guy. Uh, we're gonna fast forward about ten years to Vincent De Mayo, MD. Uh, he actually came up with the term "excited delirium syndrome." He was never able to publish anything in any medical journal about it, not for lack of trying. Eventually, he self-published. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but essentially the medical equivalent of self-publishing, like outside of the you know, medical journal establishment, uh, a book that he dedicated to, quote, all wrongly accused police officers and healthcare responders. Not biased wow. at all. Yeah. Uh, the Taser Company... Uh, t- took up his book, paper, he published it, and then began gifting it out to medical examiners. I did some more research looking into because I'm also, uh, I was a nurse in an EMT um, after that. So I'm, and I spent much more time in that field. So I looked at some EMS related uh, like media and GEMS, which is a pretty common like EMS website, article, like journal. Um, does mention a side delirium um, in not quite the same totally hand wavy way, but still in a somewhat uh, credit. Like they, they still refer to it as a thing that can actually happen. Um, but they mentioned that tasers can cause it. Or they, they actually do know that tasers, whenever tasers are involved, is much more likely to happen. Um, that seems to be kind of the consensus in the EMS world, which uh, does seem to think it's a real thing. But again, this is all this is all EMS, not medical journals or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, studies, actual published studies, pretty much throughout medical history, well, you know, throughout the last three decades, uh, four decades, have all been uh, pretty suspicious. I found one article, one of the earlier mentions, uh, ac- academic mentions of excited delirium in '98, and even that one was basically like. Uh, by Dr. Juan Shazan Karnsnia. And that one said that, yeah, I don't really think this uh, makes a lot of sense. We think restraints has something more to do with this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it, a, lot, a lot of this was, uh, if you look at like death and use of restraints, they tend, they tend to, at least in medical literature, that tends to be almost always be the, the thing. My favorite thing is, though, I stumbled on some uh, Lexapol, which is like a, a cop 
you know, surveillance state, uh, industrial, you know, surveillance complex, all that fun stuff. Police industrial complex company. Wait, what is, okay, what is um, Consulting, I think. They're, they're like a police consulting firm. Okay. Um, like two ex, you know, like an ex cop kind of company. So they um, had a lovely article that it, this is a lot of fun to look, read because it has like understanding. It's, it's called understanding excited delirium or takeaways for law enforcement officers. Oh Takeaway number one is that excited delirium is a real condition. Uh, they mentioned that it uh, they said excited delirium has provoked controversy with some police critics claiming the term was scare quotes invented to defend the use of excessive force. In fact, it's nothing new. Um, they say all this stuff about like how actually it was called Bell's Mania before, which is that's not accurate at all. Um, God, right, yeah. Um, they go in basically like making up a bunch of stuff. There's no, there's no medical backing for this at all. Um, And then they quote the American Medical Association, which is an actual, like, this is one of the three main, like, kind of actual medical organizations that would, you would probably say, like, if doctor, if they say something, you kind of say, like, doctors are saying this. They quote uh, the American Medical Association, the AMA, saying, Excited delirium is a widely accepted, accepted en- entity in forensic pathology and is cited by medical examiners to explain the sudden in-custody death of individuals who are combative and in a highly agitated state, and then et cetera, et cetera. I was kind of curious because I was like, wait, the AMA said it was real? Um, so thankfully, they linked the source, resolution 401-ATAC-08. Um, so I opened the source. Uh, I started scrolling through. It's a pretty long document. Not not that long, but I, uh, I found the quote where they pulled that from. Uh, it is it's really fun. This this is fun. Um, oh boy. Quote, although not a validated diagnostic entity in either the international ICD-10 or the uh, Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, excited delirium is a widely accepted entity in forensic pathologies and excited by medical examiners. <laughs> Yeah, so they left that sentence up. Yeah, they left that little like preface out. Yeah. Uh, and then know what they were doing. There's no way you could misread that article the way the way it's formatted. They they just cut the first part of that sentence out. Yeah, thankfully, though, I'm I'm very glad that uh, they pointed that article because it has some other good quotes in there. Like proponents of the excited delirium theory claim that a person in excited delirium, and they use square quotes for excited delirium whenever they refer to it. Um, is delirious, has psychomotor motor agitation, may engage in violence, displays superhuman strength, has a high body temperature, and then dies suddenly. But there is no medical, psychological, or peer-researched research to support this assertion. And that that's the source that this company used to say that it's a real oh. thing. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> okay, just leaving yeah. out the part that's where it's actually damning. not acknowledged as real. Yeah, both the APA and AMA have said that, uh, which is, you know, the two leading, two, one, one of the leading psychiatric agency and the leading medical association, um, both have said that this is not a real thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, very recently, popular press has started to recognize that, like, why has this almost always happened to black men? Um, like, I've only seen those articles popping up around 2000 and 2001. Um, yeah, the, the, those like that being said, is that didn't stop those kind of dying, that cause of death being listed more and more and more often. Um, from the, from what I can find too, is from Miami had good data because they used the excited delirium thing first, and every single death um, of excited delirium uh, after the whole uh, serial killer thing, every single one involved a physical confrontation with tasers. Uh, the person being hogtied, headlocked, or pepper sprayed. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, in 2019, 100 people died uh, in a situation involving a taser repl- deployment. Uh, Wait, 100 Harvard. people in, in a, a year? Or, oh, in a year? Or, no, sorry, since two, uh, from 2000, up in 2019, at least 1,000 documented cases of people dying suddenly while being tasered. Oh but of course, tasers are never lethal. Uh, you know, yeah. So. Well, at least uh, at least I've started seeing uh, newspapers calling them less lethal weapons, which I still think is. They little... usually referring to the the shotguns that fire. Uh, oh, the rubber bullets. Like, padded, yeah, rubber bullets. Except that, like the the manufacturing standards for those kind of things are so low that they could actually end up being like more forceful than an actual bullet sometimes. Jesus. Yeah, like I, I think there was. I forget. This is a kind of off topic, but there was one article I saw that found that like uh, the same manufacturer's rubber bullets could be going from like anywhere from three hundred feet per second to eight hundred feet per second. That's a pretty wide uh, difference, which is about the same speed of forty-five caliber bullet travels. So, oh Jesus! Yeah, so that's basically that's that's lethal force essentially, uh, and. Uh, yeah, of course, police use of force guidelines are like, oh, you can't shoot people directly with them. You're, you're supposed to shoot them in, like the leg, at the legs or something like that, or some. I don't know the details. I've always um, heard you're just sure. supposed to go straight for center of mass because you know you have you, you only have a split second. Uh oh. Well, with light ammo, that is always the training, just about everywhere. Uh, but yeah, no, like of course they, uh, you know, there's a kid in Portland who got shot in the head directly with a rubber bullet, like out of nowhere. Um, and the police obviously aim for people's heads. Like there, there's, there's, we've all seen. There's hundreds of photos from last summer of people getting, you know, a rubber bullet like gun pointed directly at their face, mm-hmm. uh, which should be that should be considered a, a, essentially a lethal force. So like legally, that would be attempted murder if anyone but a cop did that. Anyone but qualified immunity. Love it. I don't understand yeah. why you didn't want to become a cop. You could do anything. <laughs> well no i mean you you actually have to want to kill someone like if you do something wrong yeah. and then let them go they can testify against you and then you don't have qualified immunity but if you kill them after doing something wrong well this is one thing is qualified immunity uh it doesn't really matter if they testify or not yeah, oh that's right it's, mm-hmm. it's way worse yeah yeah so like i don't understand why you would give up all that privilege <laughs> You know, you can speed, you can beat your wife, um, you can break into a marijuana dispensary, uh, do a smash and grab, um, eat a bunch of edibles, and then threaten, you know, people with no legs with a gun. 
That was great. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real shiny example of that. Mm-hmm. You can uh, beat homeless people to death, which I don't know why, what would drive anyone to do that, but apparently you can do that and not go to jail. Oh, yeah. 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 You can, uh, yeah, you can execute someone um, in a hotel hallway and then get a cushy retirement package at 28. Mm-hmm. You could just go into black people's houses and kill them and, yeah, free retirement. Yeah. It's a great culture, though. You can see why, you know. As much as I want to be part of the, like, hang out with those kinds of people, <laughs> they they seem like they seem like really great people. I mean, they love they love doing drugs. You know, they they steal them and take them all the time. That is true. I do love drugs, <laughs> and, and and they do statistically higher than average. You know, display those uh, display violence in, at home. You know, most domestic abuse, yeah. they you know disproportionately make up that population. Lovely folks. Yeah, well, it's easy to get away with stuff when your colleagues are the ones who are supposed to do something about it. <laughs> At least my algorithm is showing me that, you know, hundreds are quitting all around the country. Like in... in oh, I know, it's rad. And it's great. <laughs> and and what, what's even funnier is that this is the same thing that kind of always happens where it's like right, right wing like talking points or like uh, criticisms just end up being like, you know, leftist ideas where it's just... You, where oh, yeah. You saw Tim Pool tweet and, you know, like other people say like oh they should just quit now you know after the sh- after the Chauvin yes. verdict and, and it's like all yes, cops should quit on mass and it's like okay yes yes just like Donald my Trump favorite, well my favorite one Donald Trump at one point tweeted um that since Californians don't want ice um he is going to take them all out of California um because you know that way we'll have illegal immigrants oh no Hey, Californians, like, you don't want ice in your state? I'll take them away. That'll show you. <laughs> like, yes, please. <laughs> please do. I can think of, like, how many times, like, growing up, that have, like, I has something that someone who, like, it'll be, like, uh, you know, any, any, like, illegal immigrant has done, like, uh, I guess it's just undocumented, but uh, has done, like, been helpful versus, I can't, you know, Ice has never been helpful. I don't, I don't want the I don't want the ice. Yeah. yeah, no, I I uh, I've had to deal with ice because I live close enough to the border that um, I've had to go through border stops before, and um, you know this is crazy, and I'm sure this is going to shock you guys, but um, when I go through and it's just me or it's just me and a white friend, I don't really have any issues, uh, but the time I did go through with someone who was not white. Um, yeah, we had a ton of problems. And he wasn't even, like, he's not even Mexican. Like, he was, he was from India and naturalized. And, like, clearly looks like he's from India. And, you know, could not be mistaken for someone who I was smuggling over the Mexican border. By any means. Um, but they were incredibly hostile. Um, lied a bunch about how we were breaking the law by not having his birth certificate and naturalization papers with us. Papers, um, please. Yeah, no, literally, which is not a requirement. Like, you are not required to carry around your naturalization paperwork for, you know, 25 years after being naturalized. Well, you can't tell them how to do their job. They're, they're professionals. Oh, true. My bad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, like, please, like, please own the, please own this lib by getting ice out of the state. Please do it. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, our, our entire economy of California. 
I mean, it depends on exploiting and documented labor. Uh, Absolutely. The whole agricultural industry across the country. They're too stupid to even, like, understand that their own, like, living standards is depending on those people. I think gonna like fucking yeah. I see. I, I see fucking keeping the country running. <laughs> we would we would literally need to reorganize the entire way that we eat food in this country. Like you would only be you'd have such a small radius of farms that you can like of of farms that you have access to because like our entire system is built with the assumption that you can have like basically you know somewhat unlimited cheap labor doing anything about about illegal immigration whenever you have conservatives in power they just like yeah. who and ha like they're gonna do something yeehaw protect our jobs but, but they can't <laughs> it would be it would be against it would be against like you know capital owners uh interests to get yeah. rid of the permanent underclass because if there was actually consequences to oh like why, why did they come they want to work they want to get money and you know send it home whatever it is um but you know they're contingent on getting a job. And so it's like, if they can get a job, people are going to come here because they can work. Uh, but there's no consequences for businesses who hire them. Yeah, you're supposed to keep records of like social security cards or, you know, those two forms of identification, but that can be falsified. And you're not really required to verify that because how could you, um, unless yeah. you get an audit. But when does that ever happen? Like, when do, when do people yeah. actually get audited for their employment records? Because it's not on the business owner. Like the person will just fraudulently use someone else's uh, social security card and, you know, they're paying taxes that way. But it's it's um, it's in no one's interest to get rid of that. Yeah. Well, undocumented workers are great for uh, employers because you can underpay them and you can treat them poorly and you can give them awful working conditions and there's nothing they can do about it. Like that's that's why they that's why no one will ever like that's why no one's there's no popular movement to give like people's citizenship because it is just not it is so like it's just not advantageous for employers to ever let that happen before i go too far down the rabbit hole um yeah we gotta talk about like so uh back to our excited delirium uh at least from one of the more quoted articles i could find in 2020 basically it was just like uh summed up the whole thing as saying there is no evidence to support a side delirium syndrome as a cause of death in the absence of restraint. Mm. Uh, pretty much my take is that uh, every single case here, you know, involves is, is basically death of like related to suffocation of some kind or asphyxiation of some kind or caused by the tasers like uh, effect on the body. Um, one thing that I don't know really that bothered me for some reason is they always the police almost always reference quote superhuman strength. Uh, it's almost like a fucking tagline mm. in all those cases. Um, no fucking shit because you're all fucking choking this person to death. It's called adrenaline, you bastard. Yeah, like, like that's that's my take on it. Um, it's disgusting. Um, yeah. Well, cops are bastards. Fuck <laughs> twelve. Yeah, yeah. It's <sighs> yeah. That's that's excited delirium. It was even more racist than I thought. Like I, I thought it was going to be just kind of like the the latter part of this episode, but the whole like the origin story was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I'm kind of curious what Robert Evans came up with that he found. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he did. Um, I'm kind of curious what their episode on it was like. We will see. Anyway, that's that's my bit. Hope you all feel better now. Yeah, no, that's incredibly depressing, and I hate that there is a uh, made-up medical condition that you can just kill people with if you're a cop. Well, I mean, I'm I'm shocked and horrified to know that there is a fake medical condition that can be used to justify your death that doesn't actually have to be a, a medical condition by any standard. And it's like, how, how can this be an official cause of death if it's not an official <coughs> cause of death? We live in a place where I'm awesome. terrified. I asked all uh, all my, my friends that are like doctors or med school, and not a single person had ever even had that that then had even heard the term beside delirium used wow. ever. Uh, yeah, they're probably anti police and have pre existing yes. bias, and therefore like you know didn't seek out information to prove that. And they actually uh, half of them are socialists. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good progress. You mentioned that uh, the police culture, you were not into it, and that is why you did not keep doing it. Uh, what initially interested you in it, and then uh, what do you think was, like, the... It was a job that paid really good outside of college, that was the main thing, and they are like, oh, there's free training. They paid, they, they paid for the training, so it's like, oh. no, well, it's basically free money. Um, and this was also in 2012-ish, so it wasn't zeitgeisty. Was, I, I, at least I at the time just viewed it as just another job. Um, I did say one of the things is that I was a volunteer EMT before then. Mm-hmm. And um, the kind of thing is like if you're EMS, you have to wait. If there's anything like kind of crazy going on, you usually have to wait for the police to do something. Um, so I was like, well, I want to be the people that they go in first. Um, but like, I mean, that's not really that true either. Um, but yeah, it just so that was kind of one of the, the things that were interesting. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, I was. I was seasonally employed, so I worked full time only part of the year. Um, I so I basically only did like, did one summer essentially, and then uh, left. It wasn't particularly political at the time. It was just that there was like, a lot of cultural stuff that I couldn't put my finger on. Uh, even then, like back then, I was kind of more of like a. Uh, a, a centrist, I guess, in, in most ways, and uh, I didn't have like a kind of a coherent framework to be like. I think this is why it's wrong. I was just kind of like, a lot of these guys are just kind of fucking dicks. Right? <laughs> um, there's just one. There's just one like couple. That was, it was actually this one couple that were, like married couple that both worked that are both cops that like both of the way they would just treat the people in general. Um, was what kind of made me be like, wow, like they're just fucking nasty and rude to everybody. They have like such a contempt for like the general public, and like they're both held up as like uh, shining examples in the police department. What were some of the things that they said that sort of showed that contempt? I, you know, it's not it's specific. It's just that they constantly like uh, were just demeaning and rude uh, toward every, even the people who work with them too, but. Uh, they were just especially like rude to the general public. Like uh, they just constantly insult people. Um, everything wasn't their job, unless it was to like, unless it was probably bad, you know. Like, 
Yeah, and also, too, even like during the, the training, which is the police academies tend to be better than the actual police departments, I think, uh, in terms of what they're teaching. It's still like, no, it's still like bad, but like, um, it tends to be less blatantly like, you know, shit like this, like a side delirium ish, um, just like pseudo nonsense. But even then, they're still like uh, a tiny bit of like, warrior cop thing would come up now and then or like um, oh my god I remember during like one of the classes on like gang stuff one of the guys was talking about like uh, one of the instructors was basically saying like oh yeah like gang members they're all fucking like pussies that fuck you know and then like another instructor who actually like he, he, he seemed to have a pretty good understanding of like the whole thing he was talking kind of like gave a little thing it's like you know everybody should know that like um the whole like gang thing is not a, a lot different than any other like organization, like a military or police organization. Like all of you, and I remember just thinking like, he's definitely, I could definitely think like, all these people, like the whole joining a group because you're too scared to protect yourself, um, but still want power is describes a lot of cops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he basically was saying that, but it was kind of funny that like, you combine the, the logical thread between those two speakers. It was like, this, this applies to all you guys too, you know? I remember thinking that to myself there. That makes sense. <laughs> you want me to close out? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, for the three people that are listening, I just wanted to say thank you um, for listening to the first, the first official podcast of, is anyone enjoying this? And so uh, until next time, we're, we're going to discuss the merits of blockchain in a socialist world. Uh, my name is John Brown. <laughs> I'm Carlos Danger. I, I'm Liam. Thank you.